Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Welcome everybody to our special Wednesday evening Bible study at Life Changers Church. I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you tuned in today. Really, really happy to have you. And I really have a word for you that is going to minister to you and bless you. And um, and then we're going to pray as well. I'm going to pray for the sick and pray for you if you're suffering. In fact, today I want to talk about healing from suffering, healing from suffering. And uh, I'm going to talk about the different types of sufferings that people experience. And I think you're really going to be encouraged and you're going to be built up. Hey, why don't you uh, give a shout out to a loved one, to a friend, to a family member and let them know that um, that we're on right now and that we're live. And I would love to hear from you where you're watching from, where you're um, you know, what what country you're in, what city you're in, what room of your house you're in. Just just kidding. You don't have to tell us that. Uh, But um, tonight is going to be a special night of studying the word of God. And before I go any further, um, I just want to remind everybody that I truly believe that God has given us an opportunity and he's given us an opportunity to reprioritize our lives. Now, I've been coming on live on on Facebook and Instagram every day for the month of April, and I'm going to continue for the rest of the month of April Um, and every day talking to you for five or 10 or 20 minutes. And um, and I've been going through our devotional 30 days of rest. But I really believe that so many more people are tuning in to their church now during all that's been going on in this pandemic. And I, I know that we're on the backside of the curve and it's leveling off. And thank God that that less and less people are experiencing the suffering of this disease. And we're, we're getting to the other side of it. But when we get to the other side, which we said from the beginning, we're going to the other side. Right. But um, and by the way, I want to I'm going to pitch this Bible study to a moment of worship in um, in a few moments where I'm going to take you back to our special song that we did this past Sunday morning on Easter Sunday called The Blessing. I think you're really going to love it. If you saw it, you're going to want to see this again and participate in this and just have a moment of worship. I'm not going to I'm not going to have a long segment of worship tonight. I want to get into the teaching in a few moments as well. But um, I do want to say a few things. And before I do pitch this to the to the worship moment, I want to remind you that we're going to the other side and we're almost on the other side of this crisis. But there's going to be another one and there's going to be something that may be a financial crisis in your life or there's going to be a a disease that one of your loved ones. Somebody called me today, asked for prayer. They said in the midst of all this, um, our mother was just diagnosed with um, with uh, ovarian cancer. And so their family, this family that that contacted me on behalf of this other family, the the you know, the pain of that suffering, the pain of that bad news on top of all the suffering that's already existing in the world, that's hard to take for a lot of people and for anybody for that matter. And but we need to learn God's way of dealing with crisis, God's way of dealing with suffering, God's way of responding or really God's way of preparing ourselves for difficult times. Like Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. I've witnessed this over the years of Christians that have tried so hard, people that try to create a 
tribulation free life, a a trial free life. And life doesn't come that way. Life. You can't you can't um, you can't clean up your life enough to live without trials. You can't arrange your world enough to never have tribulation or never have trials. You have to be willing to learn how to live through those things with faith, faith and wisdom, as we've talked about from the beginning of the pandemic. But faith is so important, not having faith in the sense that you believe in God, because the Bible says even even the demons believe in God. So I'm talking about faith that is active, faith that is that is that that gives you strength, faith that gets you to the other side, faith that God's going to finish what he started in your life, faith in the promises of God, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And um, so I want you to use this opportunity, even if it's just a little, another couple of weeks. What if it's two or three more weeks and everybody starts getting back to the normal way of things? And I, I pray that you've restructured the way you think to a, into a, 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 a thought pattern of prioritizing God, his kingdom and people as the priorities of your life. And, and maybe some of the things that you that have kind of peeled off of your life during this time, maybe those things need to stay off of your life. Maybe some of the things that we used our time for that wasn't real productive and wasn't healthy and didn't you know, it wasn't it wasn't for your benefit. It wasn't it wasn't something that was profitable for your life. Maybe leave that off. Why not leave those things off of your life? You have an opportunity to rewrite, you know, to like the the board has been erased and you get to rewrite a new vision for your life, a new way of living, a new way of thinking. A clean slate is such a great way to look at what we're going to have when this is over. We're going to have a clean slate, each of us individually or as a family or as a church. We're going to have a clean slate. We get to start again and push restart and reset. And that's pretty powerful. And so take advantage of that. And I'll help lead the way for those of you that are a part of this church family and this ministry voice. I'm not afraid to lead you into the best days of your life. If you'll trust, trust God, trust what the word that's being preached here and the spirit of God and what he wants to do in your life and through um, through this relationship that we get to have together. So I consider myself in a relationship with you and I want that relationship to be to continue after these days where we go back to whatever normal means to you. I really want to continue this relationship in this times like this where it's one on one and times like our devotions that we've been doing uh, every day. I feel like it's drawn our church family actually closer than we were before. And um, and I'm very proud of you guys who have stayed with us and continued to pray and continue to give and continue to offer to the Lord. So with but I want to just say this something that I wrote down last week, and I think I read it to you on Wednesday night last week as well. But I want to just, you know, get you to zero in on taking advantage of this moment in our lives, because if and I wrote this down this way, if we beat this virus and I know obviously we're we're beating it, but other things are going to come in your life. But if we beat this virus, but don't learn God's promise of healing, then what did we learn? if we beat this virus, but don't learn to take care of our soul, 
then what did we learn? If we beat this virus but don't learn compassion for others, then what did we learn? If we beat this virus but don't learn generosity, then what did we learn? If we beat this virus but don't reprioritize our lives, then what did we learn? If we beat this virus but don't but don't defeat fear in our lives, then what did we learn? And if we beat this virus but don't grow in our connection with God and with each other, then what did we learn? And I really think that's um, this is what I'm processing in my life, that I'm I'm learning God's promises over and over again in my life. The promises of God are even more strengthened and fortified in my life, even though I've I've been believing God's promises for over 30 years. I'm still going over them over and over. And so should you. I'm learning to take better care of my soul. I'm learning to have more compassion on people. I'm learning to be more generous. Like I've really gotten excited lately about being generous and more generous and giving to others and all the people that we've helped to feed and get groceries for in our food pantry, all the churches that we got to help and that we get to help. We're helping more churches this week um, with their with what they're dealing with. And and I don't look at it like, oh, we got to give. We got to be. I look at it like what a what a privilege to be able to be blessed, to be a blessing. And before we go any further, we might as well just go ahead and receive our offering right now. Wednesday night, we take up our offerings every um, Sunday and every Wednesday, all of all churches do. And but I want to encourage you to be generous at this time. And I want to inspire you to learn generosity and remind you that in the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, in the Message Bible, verse 24. And I use this verse for my own life because I love the hope that it gives me in the area of generosity. And it says the world, of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller, you know, and I want to focus on the world of the generous and I want to inspire you to to be generous, that your world is going to get better and better. Your world is going to get larger and larger through an act of generosity and through a lifestyle and a mindset of generosity. So um, with that in mind, I want to ask you to give for those of you that are regular givers to this ministry. Remember, you know that it's going to win souls. It's going to advance God's kingdom, but it's also planting seed in your life financially. Whatever you sow is what you'll also reap. We reap what we sow. So when you sow generosity, you're going to reap generosity. So I want to invite you to give at this time. And those of you that are um, that are new to the concept of giving in a church service or giving online, I want to invite you to test it out, feel it out like maybe try the online portal. If you never have before, open up another window to lifechangerschurch.com and and click the give tab and follow the procedure there. And if you can, you know, and, and if you don't feel comfortable doing it that way, you can text to give at seven, seven, nine, seven, seven. If you if you're old school, you can pick up the phone, not old school. If you're just old. No, if you really, though, if you like picking up the phone and you can call, I like that, like making sure that my information is just goes to the person I'm calling. So feel free to do that. You can call the number on your screen. It should be on your screen. 
and or you can send your offering in to um, Life Changers at 2500 Beverly Road in Hoffman Estates. And I was looking through, I was walking through our church building today and I was just thinking, wow, what a blessing that none of our resources and none of your tithes and offerings goes towards paying for this building because it's 100 percent already paid for. And that's a blessing in times like this where we're not trying to maintain a building that we're barely using. We're barely using one hundred and sixty thousand square feet of um, of structure. But we don't have to pay anything for it. I mean, it's beautiful. Obviously, you have the maintenance and all that, but and it's a blessing. And we're going to be back here together on site one day very soon. And I'm excited about those days. But I, uh, I digress. So let me get back to just focusing on your giving is going to go towards souls. Your giving is going to reach more people. Your giving is going to help us expand God's kingdom to other people. And so be confident of that and be be um, be confident and assured because your church is being good stewards, really, really good stewards of your giving. And I think God is very pleased and very happy and very honored. We're very honored by the fact that and thankful but to the at the fact that our building is paid for our church. We have no debt on it. It's a very powerful feeling to be debt free. And I'm going to pray for your debt freedom as well. I'm going to, in fact, um, if you're done giving, let me pray for your giving. Lord, thank you for each person giving. I thank you that this seed is going to win souls. This seed, whether it's through an envelope, Lord, or through our phones or through online, I thank you that you're going to multiply it back to everybody that gives. And I thank you that this seed is going to turn into a spiritual weapon to usher souls into the kingdom of God and to and to plunder hell and populate heaven. I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus name. Amen. I'm also going to pray a, a, a blessing prayer over you after this worship song. So take the moment that you need to give, take a moment that you need to get your Bible out and your notebooks. And let me take you to this past Sunday, our special song that we did, the blessing with our worship team. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And then I'm going to pray, pray over you afterwards and then teach you a little bit from Scripture. Okay, check this out. Turn his face. 
encouraged by that and ministered to and I just want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person who's watching and joining this church service online, no matter where they are and no matter what part of the world. I thank you for the blessing. Lord, you said the spoken blessing would be carried out from generation to generation. And I just speak blessing over every person watching over every family that is watching. I pray for each of the parents and each of the children that are represented in each family, whether somebody's single, whether they're divorced, whether they're together. I pray for the blessing to be upon the parents of every child watching and the blessing to be upon 
the child of every parent that's watching. I pray, Father, for whole families to be healed and restored. The blessing of your presence would be manifest in each family. I speak over every family right now and I declare spiritual blessing and emotional blessing, relational blessing. I declare financial blessing over every family, over every individual. I declare blessing. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. There's some things I declare over you and prophesy over you. There are some things that you are going to go into. There's some things you're going to come into in the next several weeks. And there's some things you're going to come out of in the next several weeks, some good things that you're going to come into, some bad things you're going to come out of. And the Bible says you're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. And so I prophesy and declare over you that you are going to walk in supernatural blessing as you come in to those new things and you're going to walk in supernatural blessing as you go out of some things that you need to go out of. And God will show you what those things are. Your spirit will know your spirit will feel it and sense it. But I just declare over you every individual, every person bless healing, the, the healing blessing over your family, over your loved ones, the blessing of divine protection. I declare it and the blessing of divine provision. I declare it over you in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I hope you're encouraged by that. And I want to invite you to just believe and expect that expect that blessing to show up in your life. The Bible says that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and we bless with our tongue. In fact, James said, shall we bless with our tongue and curse with our tongue? He said we should shall from the same fountain flow both bitter and sweet waters. Like, let's bless with our tongue. Let's use our tongue to bless. Bless your day every morning. Bless your day every morning. Bless the people in your life. Speak blessing over them. How do you do it? Just like I did. I declare blessing over your finances. I declare God's blessing, the blessing of Abraham over your life. If you belong to Christ, you're Abraham's seed and you're an heir of all of his promises. All right. So I hope you're encouraged. Thank you for those that gave in our offering. Thank you for those that are joining us for the first time. Um, I did. I do want to say uh, thanks to people that are watching. We've got people from Australia watching from Nigeria, from um, the great nation of Texas. I mean, the state of Texas, <laughs> Pennsylvania, Mexico, Ohio, North Dakota, um, Denmark. I've been watching all you guys joining us online during the days, too. And we've been seeing so many different nations, people from South Africa and people from um, from all from all parts of Asia, the Philippines, Japan, Singapore. I just hear from all you guys. So thank you and thanks for watching and thanks for trusting us with uh, this little piece of your time and and this little season of time. I'm really blessed to be with you. I'm going to ask you to open your Bible to um, the book of James, chapter two. We're going to study the word of God. And um, if you missed uh, the worship song that we did, the blessing, don't miss this Sunday. Come right on time. It's easy to you don't have to drive. You're right on. You can be right on. Boy, if we are not learning how to be on time when we're at home, I don't know if we're ever going to learn how to be on time. So let me encourage you to don't miss a minute of the service on Sunday. I'm going to continue uh, something that I started this past Sunday um, all about how your life is a story. And 
I barely got into that, but I hope you were blessed by it. We've got so much more that I want to share with you about how your life is a motion picture and how to enjoy it and how to walk in it in the blessing of your life and, and in the next season of your life and realize that God is the author and finisher of your life. Um, so I hope you're encouraged by that and uh, and join us at the beginning because we're going to have our full time of praise and worship and, and celebration, adoration to the Lord right in your home, right here from me to you, from our team to you. And um, there's no there's nothing separating us. God's presence is connecting us and joining us. So so um, you won't want to miss a minute of that. And if you miss the chance to give, you can give any time at lifechangerschurch.com. Thank you for that as well. Um, also, a shout out to those of you watching from Jamaica. Thanks for watching, young Lord. Tanya from Florida, Diana from New Zealand, Michael from South Carolina, Deborah from Tennessee and so many more people. I just would love to give you shout I give a lot more shout outs during our daily um, live broadcast. So join me tomorrow. It's right around 12, 15 or so that, that I try to do that each day. All right. All right. Here we go. James, chapter two, verse 13. And I want to um, I want to remind you that last week I talked about mercy and today I'm talking about talked about healing and the mercy of God. Today I'm going to talk about healing from suffering and healing. If you can hear what I'm saying with this is that healing is a merciful act of God towards the sick. It's really the word mercy and compassion and loving kindness and kindness. They're all interrelated words. They all come from the same root word, which the word is Hasid. The Hebrew word is Hasid. It means loving kindness. It means covenant loyalty. It means compassion. It means mercy. We get all the words, all those words from that one word. Hasid in Hebrew, and then it's translated into into the Greek language in another word that also has a richer meaning than the one word of just mercy. So think of this word mercy as loving kindness, kindness, loyalty. Loyalty is a very powerful word like your God. God is loyal to you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He never tells you you better promise that you never leave me. He says, I promise you, I'll never leave you. That's loyalty. That's what God has for you. And that's what God wants us to enjoy. He wants us to enjoy his faithfulness, enjoy his um, loving kindness, enjoy his goodness. That's eating the fruit of the spirit. I don't have time to talk about that today, but that's what eating. That's what the fruit of the spirit is. Eating the fruit of the spirit is not the fruit that you produce in your life. It's the fruit that God gives you his fruit, the fruit of his spirit is love. We get to eat of that love. We get to eat. What do you do with fruit? You eat it. You somebody's got to eat it. We, we, we become the consumers of God's fruit and then we begin to take on the very nature of that because we are what we eat. Well, never mind about that, but you know it's true. All right. But last time we talked about the merciful acts of Jesus, we see that he that he had compassion and mercy upon everyone that asked for it, everyone that asked for it. And this scripture, and I'll go go back to that in a moment, but 
I want to read you the scripture for judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And I want you to see that. First, before we get into human relations of how we should be merciful and non judgmental to other people, we should not we shouldn't judge other people. But I want you to understand when he says mercy triumphs, mercy transcends, mercy conquers judgment. That's what it means. Mercy conquers judgment and prevails over it is another word for that. Mercy prevaileth over judgment. This is telling us what God is like. God's mercy prevails in your life over judgment. And once you understand that that God doesn't judge you because his mercy. Well, in one sense, God does judge us, but he judges us in Christ. So he we died with Christ we were buried and we were raised up with Christ as well. And we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. So in one sense, God did judge us, but that's it. It says um, in Psalm chapter 30, I think it's verse five right around there where he says um, he says your 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 wrath is but for a moment, but your mercy is forever. Your anger, his anger is but for a moment but his favor is for a lifetime. Wow, his anger is but for a moment. What? But his favor for a lifetime. So what moment most people, most Christians, not most, but so many Christians, they they think they're always in that moment of God's wrath. But that moment of God's wrath is not a moment we live in today. The moment of God's wrath is the moment of God's wrath on the cross by pouring out his wrath on Jesus so that he could pour out his favor on you for a lifetime. So it's not you live this lifetime and then at some point there's a moment where God's anger is towards you. No, his anger is but for a moment. That means it's a moment. His favor is a lifetime. Get this. It's not a lifetime of his anger and his favor. No. It's a moment of anger, wrath, judgment. It's a lifetime of favor. It's a a moment. The moment of anger, the moment of God's wrath was when Jesus was on the cross. And Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the moment when Jesus became sin. So that we could become righteous, that's the moment you see that in Psalm 30, verse five, that's the moment of God's wrath. So then he says in James two, back to James two, 13, mercy prevails against and triumphs over. Judgment. So God judged us in Christ. But that's over. And now God is merciful towards us in Christ and favors us in Christ and gives grace to us in Christ. You see, And remember what mercy, how mercy showed up. These people in in the times when the Bible was written in Jesus lifetime. They understood the word mercy. It meant. I probably deserve to die of this illness or this condition, 
I do deserve to die of this. This is the judgment of sin against me, Adam's sin, but it's the judgment of sin against me. But have mercy on me, Lord. The judgment against Adam's sin is showing up in leprosy. It's showing up in blind Bartimaeus It's showing up in uh, an epileptic son in in Matthew 17. The judgment of Adam's sin has leaked into the world. And these people understood it. And they said two blind men said in Matthew 9, 27. Have mercy on us, son of David, and he healed them. The woman with the daughter who was demon possessed in Matthew 15, 22, said, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is demon possessed. My daughter is tormented by the devil, tormented by a demon. The epileptic son, the man said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he suffers terribly and falls into the fire and into the water. And he was healed. Two blind men in Matthew 20 said, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And Jesus healed them. The Gadarene demoniac, Jesus refused and said to him, go home. He refused to let him go with him, but he had healed him and said, go show yourself to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown to you in Mark 519. Blind Bartimaeus in Mark 1047, when they heard it was Jesus, they shouted, have he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus healed him. Elizabeth, having um, her pregnancy, her neighbors and relatives heard about her pregnancy and she was had been an old woman. In an elderly woman, and he, she had never been able to have a baby. And then she gets pregnant with John the Baptist. And Luke 158 says how they heard the Lord had shown her great mercy. And they rejoiced with her. Boy, when you realize that God has shown you great mercy, you're going to rejoice also. And God had shown her mercy and she was able to conceive a child. And they called it mercy. You see, mercy is that act of God to remove. Whatever is causing you suffering. God doesn't send suffering. God sends mercy. God doesn't give you suffering to teach you a lesson. He sends Jesus to the cross to take our suffering on the cross so that by his stripes we can be healed. So I wanted to remind you. And then there's the ten lepers that were that were healed. And they said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And then Epaphroditus, I won't want to forget that one where it says um, he says he was longing for you all and was distressed because you heard that he was sick, for indeed he was sick almost unto death. But God had mercy on him. God had mercy on him and not only on him, but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Now you see the love that Paul had for Epaphroditus, who served him and served alongside of him. And. Um, you know. I think so many Christians have been duped, deceived, lied to, not because so many preachers are trying to lie to people, but because so many preachers fail to understand the all consuming sacrifice of Jesus on the cross that 
Jesus didn't say it is almost finished. He didn't say God didn't say I'm almost enough for you. Jesus said it is finished. And God said, I'm more than enough. He doesn't leave us wanting. He doesn't tease us with a little bit of salvation, but makes us suffer with sickness. He doesn't do that. That's not the God of the Bible. Jesus took upon himself all of your sins, not most. He took the sin of the world, not some of it. He took all of the stripes for your healing. He took all of our sin. He took all of the curse. He took all of our abuse. He took all of our pain, not so that we would. It's no guarantee that we will never be abused or feel abused or that we will never suffer, but that he paid for that suffering so that you can be freed from it. He doesn't free you. He doesn't free us from ever experiencing suffering. He frees us from having to be in bondage to that suffering and to actually be able to be free and healed of it when it does show up in a broken, fallen world. So many people are suffering because of the virus, because of the financial a domino effect that's associated with it. So we weren't spared. The earth wasn't spared from suffering. But as a child of God, you can be spared from the consequences of that suffering and you can be spared from the continual suffering that is that this world is afflicted by because of Adam and Eve's sin. Notice when I talk about a broken world, it has nothing to do with God. God is not God has not contributed one iota to the brokenness in this world. God created a perfect world and Adam and Eve screwed it up. And then Jesus came and fixed it so that even though in this earth there is still suffering and there's still tragedy and there's still evil in the world. But that's because of Adam and Eve. Jesus stepped in to absorb it, to pay the price for it. So now you can activate what Jesus paid for and you can eat of the fruit of God's mercy. God spares us from having to be sentenced to suffering, sentenced to unhappiness, sentenced to sickness, sentenced. When Jesus said it is finished, one of the things that that word meant was sentence has been completely served. The sentence is fully served. So you don't ever have to be sentenced to suffering. You can you will experience some suffering in life, but you're not sentenced to it, imprisoned by it. You can be relieved of it, alleviated from it. Why does anybody take up? Why does anybody put Ben Gay on their muscle? Why does anybody uh, take a pill for a headache to alleviate the suffering? Guess what? That's the gift of God to alleviate the suffering. That's God's gift. I don't care if that's God's gift through the laying on of hands. I don't care if that's God's gift through drinking water. I don't care if that's God's gift through 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 taking an aspirin. It's all God's gift to alleviate the suffering. And I want to talk about suffering for a moment, okay? Because the suffering that I have seen in the Bible is the suffering 
of loss, the suffering of unfair treatment, the suffering of a disability. Maybe you or a loved one has a disability. They're suffering from guilt. There's the suffering that comes from sickness and disease. There's the suffering that comes from being financially disadvantaged. So those are a lot of forms of suffering. There's the suffering of anxiety. There's the suffering of emotional sickness or emotional pain. And I want you to see something and then I'll back up and show you and 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 explain it better. But um, look with me to Isaiah chapter 53. I want to take you to a scripture in Isaiah 53 about Jesus, Isaiah chapter 53. And let me show you verse three through verse five. It says he was despised and rejected. Isaiah 53, verse five, verse three through five. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now, I want you to if we go through this list of what Jesus suffered then we can identify what we can be free from the sentence of suffering these things. He was despised. That's hatred. And he was rejected. That's rejection. He was a man of sorrows. Number three, and acquainted with grief. Number four. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Verse four goes on to say he, he was despised. Verse three says he was despised and we did not esteem him. So that's more hatred and despising and not esteemed, disrespected. Jesus was disrespected. Surely now it says he bore our griefs. He bore our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken and smitten by God. Verse four goes on to say in verse five. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. Listen, go back to the beginning of verse five. Look at what he says. He says he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastised, punished for our peace. And by his stripes, we were healed by his stripes. We are healed. If you look, this is also written in first Peter, chapter two, verse twenty four. Let me read that to you. First Peter, chapter two, verse twenty four. If you have your Bible, look it up if you can. I want you to see this. It'll really help you realize, wow, this is this is real. What Jesus did is real. First Peter, chapter two, verse twenty four. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his stripes. You were healed by his wounds, you were healed. It's interesting. Some I've heard some preachers argue that this verse by his stripes, you're healed only applies to. um, Spiritual healing. And yet. The Bible says in Matthew, chapter five, that Jesus verse Matthew, chapter eight, verse uh, 
verse 16, I think Jesus, it says that Jesus went about healing all that were sick. And then look at what it says that the scripture to that the scripture might be fulfilled, that the scripture might come to pass by his wounds. You were healed. Verse 17 of Matthew eight goes on to say the scripture that was fulfilled, what the prophet said. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses by his stripes were healed. In other words, the argument that the healing on the cross that the Bible talks about in Isaiah and then in first Peter, the argument that that's just spiritual healing is completely obliterated by Matthew, chapter eight, verse 17, when Jesus healed every kind of sickness in verse 16. He healed all. And and I think it talks about casting out devils, too, in verse 16. So demonic influence and physical sickness falls under the category of by his stripes were healed. They brought to him those that were demon possessed. He cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. I like the fact that it, he cast out demons with a word. Let me tell you about how powerful you are and how weak the devil is. The devil leaves when you with one word, you can make the devil run. One word makes the devil. Now, it's got to be one word that you actually believe. <laughs> it's got to be like <laughs> you got to believe this stuff. But let me tell you how powerful you are. Jesus said these signs will follow those who believe in my name. You'll cast out demons. You don't cast out a demon with a sermon. You don't cast out a demon with a thousand words. You, if you if you try to use a th- if you think it, need, it takes a thousand words to cast out the devil, he's going to whoop your behind between the first and the thousandth word that you've spoken. But when you know that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and every angel. The Bible says every angel must hearken to the voice of God's word that when you realize the devil and demons are fallen angels, but they are still bound by the scripture so that when you speak the word, angels come and demons flee. Angels, listen, angels and demons, angels and demons all have to respond to the word of God. All angelic beings are submitted, whether they want to be or not, they're submitted to the word of God. And so guess what happens when you speak the word of God, angels show up because they are submitted to the word of God and demons flee because they are submitted to the word of God. Wow. And he cast them out with a word. Let's stop giving the devil so much credit and think the devil is so powerful because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Boy, the body of Christ needs a lesson on their authority like never before. We need to get a hold of this. We need to get a hold of this reality that we have authority, that demons are subject to us 
in Jesus name, that sickness is subject to us in Jesus name, that Jesus said in my name, they'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll pick up deadly, they'll pick up serpents and they won't harm them. They'll drink deadly poison and it won't hurt them and they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Shalabalamundo, somebody's got a shout out there at your house right now. Somebody's got to say amen to me. I'm telling you right now, I got my own my own amens on the inside. So even if you don't say amen, I'm going to amen myself on the inside. I feel it. But I'm telling you right now, you have that kind of power. If you are a born again child of God, you are flipping powerful. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's time to take your seat next to Jesus. Jesus said he seated us with him. We're not saying, hey, give me a seat next to you. Remember when those boys, the mother of those two boys, they're like uh, the sons of uh, what, 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 what were those guys? The sons of Zebedee, remember? And, and she said, Jesus, can um, when you come into your kingdom, can my boys, I want them to sit. I want them to sit next to you, one on your right side and one. on. Wow. Bold. That was a bold request by that woman. But I got I got news for you. It wasn't a wrong request. It was just the wrong time. She said, I want my I want my sons to sit at your right hand, one of them on your left and one of them on your right. And, you know, do you know that Jesus, he didn't say no. You want to know why he didn't say no? Because he hadn't paid the price for our sins yet. Oh, I know I'm going to get some preachers that are mad as mad as the devil that, oh, how dare you can't say that really? Because Ephesians chapter two, verse six says we've been raised up with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. Wow. We are seated. So I guess her request wasn't all that bad after all. You know, she's been depicted as this arrogant woman. How dare she ask for and because some of the other disciples, they got mad, remember? But Jesus said, that's not mine to give. That's the father's to give. But guess what? The father has granted it. And guess what? You and me are like the sons of Zebedee, only we don't have to ask to have a seat at his right hand or at his left hand. We are seated with him in heavenly places far above all demons. Now, we're equally seated. It's not like I got it's not like I got the close seat and you got or you got the close seat and I got the far one. Now, look, are we just glad that we're going to get to heaven? Heck, yeah. Can we just be thankful that we're that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Yes. Hallelujah. Rejoice in this. Not that you have authority over these demons, but rejoice that your names are written in the Book of Life. But realize you do have authority. You got rejoice that your names, Jesus said, rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. But he also said, realize you have authority. Wow. God, I pray you get a hold of this. I'm I'm getting a better hold of this every day. And I want to encourage you to stay on this journey with me. Okay, back to. um, Suffering. Let me tell you something. Jesus took it all. Let's go back to that scripture in Isaiah 53, verse four. Uh, He said 
verse five, look at what it says. It says he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, punished and chastised for our peace so that by his stripes we are healed. Now, here's what I want you to get a hold of. I want you. Can you guys put the the verse version up there that actually has by his stripes you're healed. Maybe it's the new, it's the original King James. But I want you to see this is the exchange. The punishment that you feel. Your life is experiencing the punishment that you feel. Is. Something that's real. But Jesus paid for it, the wounds that hurt you right now, the wounds of people's words, the wounds of abuse growing up, the wounds of that have been inflicted over bad decisions you've made or bad decisions people have made against you. Those are real, but Jesus really took them. He was wounded for us. He was punished for us. What can we have instead of the wounds healing? What 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 does God give us instead of the punishment? Peace. What does God give us instead of the curse? Blessing. What does God give us instead of rejection? Acceptance. Can I say something to you? All suffering. All suffering comes from beliefs that are left unquestioned and unchallenged in our lives. All suffering. Now, don't get me wrong, like if you're suffering, um, what about all the people that are suffering without without clean water? You know why people are suffering without clean water is because evil people and evil governments are trying to control people. I'm not saying all governments are evil, but those that are evil, they're trying to control people. And. There is enough water in this world for everybody. To have their thirst satisfied, there is enough food in this world for everybody to be fed. There is enough hospital rooms. Boy, we found out how many hospital beds this country really has and the world really has. There are more hospital beds than we ever realized. And we even brought some on Navy ships and built buildings and filled them with new with more beds. And those aren't even needed. The extra ones aren't even being used because there's enough healing for everybody. There's enough food for everybody. There's enough air for everybody. We're never going to run out of that now. Some people are trying to control it. But there is plenty of it. And so it's not God that is causing children in places to suffer. It's bad leadership. Jesus provided for everybody. Bad leadership gets in the way like I've been a bad leader. So here I was a pastor in my early years as a pastor and maybe not so long ago uh, where I where I taught the Bible in a way that didn't liberate people. I taught it in a way that maybe brought bondage into people's lives or didn't help them or or made them feel guilty in some way. I'm not I'm not trying to say that I did that deliberately or or whether I did or didn't. The fact is, is that I got in the way. 
of what Jesus did. So my job is to clear the to clear the way. My part is to clear the way in your mind of belief systems and mindsets that cause you to think that you can't recover or that you can't be healed or that you're stuck with your suffering. My job is to clear the way so that what Jesus did for you is not hindered by a belief system that I allowed to be to remain in your life, like with every last breath that I breathe in my life is going to be dismantling every last breath of my life is going to be spent dismantling belief systems that prevent you and other people from experiencing what Jesus paid for them to have. My life is devoted to dismantling. Dismantling and taking apart the belief systems that keep you suffering and keep you in bondage. And every preacher's job should be that. In fact, every person's job, you know, when you help somebody. You know, when you give to the Red Cross or you donate blood or you give in the church offering, do you realize what you're doing? You are making a way and clearing the path for what Jesus did for this earth and what Jesus did for all of mankind so that we clear the path so that people can receive that. What Jesus did for them, you see, when you give, let's just use the concept of giving blood. Let's say you donate blood. You you realize what that's doing, right? That is creating an opportunity for God's mercy. To heal somebody who needs that blood. If you donated a kidney. Wow, that's that's you clearing the way that's you being used by God, whether you realize it or not, what Jesus did on the cross. Paid the price for every every human need that will ever exist on this earth, and we get to be vessels of that supply chain to meet the need of somebody's suffering, to meet the need to ease the suffering that somebody might be experiencing. Does that make sense? I hope it does. I hope you don't feel like I'm just rambling here because I'm really convinced that. God uses people that don't even know that that he's using them because he's clearing away through people, whether it's through a charity, whether it's through a kind word, whether it's through forgiving somebody, you know, when you forgive somebody, you're clearing the way for them to receive that forgiveness from God. You realize that Jesus even said it in John, chapter 20, whose sins you hold against them, they'll be held against whose sins you forgive, they'll be forgiven. He's not saying that. That our forgiveness is better than Jesus blood, Jesus blood is the ultimate forgiveness. But when you forgive somebody, you're clearing the path for them to actually believe it's possible for them to be forgiven. Well, it's very powerful what you what you and I can contribute in people's lives so that we can release and activate the gifts of God, the mercy of God to alleviate and ease the suffering of humanity. So suffering comes. From. Belief systems. 
Well, I just don't believe that everybody can, you know, that everybody's needs can be met. Well, that's a belief system that is causing you and other people to suffer. If listen, I choose to believe that God is going to use me. To bless people with his word, to bless people with generosity, whether it's in finances, whether it's in encouragement, whether it's in kindness, whether it's in words of faith or words of knowledge or words of of encouragement. And so I'm willing to let I'm willing to believe that no one has to stay sentenced to whatever they're suffering. There's a way out through some somehow, some way. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And ultimately, the greatest alleviation for all human suffering is when we die and go to heaven. But in the meantime, we are on this earth to alleviate the suffering in your life, my life and the lives of everybody that we can come in contact with. Learning to live with suffering is a powerful strength, but also letting God use you to alleviate somebody's suffering is a powerful strength. Like you may have to get used to learning to live with some suffering, but don't accept that as a final sentence. That may be a season of time, a moment in time. There may be something you're struggling with for there's things that I've struggled with for years. I struggle with fears. I struggle with anxiety for years in my life. I suffered with those things, but that wasn't because I was sentenced to those things. It's because my belief systems needed to be adjusted to let the free flowing goodness and grace of God into my life. What are you suffering right now? What is it in your life that's suffering? I'm going to pray for you in a moment. But I want you I want to ask you, what are you suffering from right now? Whatever it is, the way to alleviate it starts with number one, accepting the the fact that Jesus bore it, Jesus took it, Jesus took your suffering so that by his stripes you can be healed of it. Jesus was wounded for you. Jesus was was beaten, abused, despised, rejected, disrespected so that you did not have to suffer those things. Will you suffer those things? Yes. Do you have to be sentenced to suffering those things? No. Believe. And that's why that's what the Bible talks about, enduring to the end. He's not talking about your salvation that's paid for in Christ. He's talking about the the fruit of that salvation, the healing, the breakthrough. I can stand. You know how the Bible says stand, therefore. What does that mean? Like you've heard it said, maybe or you maybe you've heard me say it. Stand there for until you get what you're standing there for. Like we get to go to the throne of God's mercy and I'm I'm getting ready to close and pray for you right now. But we get to go to the throne of God's grace and receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. You know what alleviates suffering, realizing that Jesus paid for it, number one. Number two, going to God and asking for mercy from that suffering, asking for his grace to overcome that suffering. 
And then number three, dismantling the beliefs. That have convinced you that you have to remain in suffering, you don't you, that belief system. Listen, I grant you. There is suffering in this life. But you are not sentenced to it. You are not imprisoned by it. Jesus paid for it. We can go to the throne of God's grace and receive mercy and grace in the time of it. And we can dismantle the belief systems that are feeding it. There are many people that have had disabilities in their life and they suffered all of their life from it. And then there are people that have had disabilities in their life and they refused to let it limit them. That's a person. Who dismantled the belief system that their suffering is their sentence. Their suffering is their judgment. No mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy. Whether you're suffering financially right now, whether you're suffering from fear, whether you're suffering anxiety, the first thing I need you to know is that Jesus paid for it. The second thing I need you to know is that we can go to God about it. And the third thing I need you to know is we have to break through and break from the mentality that tells us that that suffering is the final sentence because Jesus said the sentence has been fully served. Oh, I pray that you get this. And that you get hold of this. The, the belief system. Is everything. Suffering comes. From unchecked belief systems. Well, I'll always be this way. Well, I'll always have this problem. Well, I'll always be broke. Well, I'll always live paycheck to paycheck. I'll always, you know, have this this problem with relationships. No, that's a belief system. You're suffering because of a belief system. So let's, let's eliminate. We eliminate all three things. Does God want me to suffer? No, he wants to heal you. So let's eliminate that. Argument, Jesus paid for it, so there's no argument. He paid for it. The only argument is the one you make up in your mind. And secondly, we can go to God about it. And thirdly, we can dismantle our belief systems and take captive every thought that doesn't yield itself to what Jesus did on the cross. Every thought that doesn't obey. That doesn't yield itself to the obedience of Christ, Jesus obedience on the cross gives you access to the blessing. And any thought that tells you otherwise, those are the thoughts that we need to take captive. You understand? Bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ, it says in Second Corinthians 10, verse five, bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ. Well, what is Christ? What did Christ's obedience accomplish? 
Christ's obedience gives you righteousness. Christ's obedience gives you healing. Christ's obedience on the cross frees you from the curse. Let's pray. First, I want to pray for those that are not saved. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, I want to pray for you first. Call somebody that needs to get saved. Get them on this broadcast or send it to them because they're going to get born again. Look, Jesus paid for your sins. You don't have to stay lost. You don't have to stay separated from God. Sin, Adam's sin is what separated us from God. But Jesus blood brings us to God and brings God to us. And now we'll never be separated. You know that even if you commit sins after that, those sins can't separate you from God because it was Adam's sin that separated you from God. And it was Jesus blood that brings you to God and brings him to you. So the blood would have to fail for your sins to separate you from God. And the blood never fails. Believe that. Let's pray together. If you'd like to be saved, you'd like to be sure you're a child of God. Pray this prayer after me. Just say, Heavenly Father. That's it. Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior and Lord. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. The blood of Jesus cleanses me and makes me righteous. In Jesus name. Well, congratulations, you know, the Bible says all the angels in heaven rejoice when one person is saved. Are you that one person? If you're that one person, let me know so I can send you this book. It's called The Power of a New Life. I want to put this in your hands. I want you I want this is my free gift to you. I want you to look it up, look up the verse and then write in the answer. It's a fill in the blank. But it gives you all the answers by looking up the scriptures. It's a great Bible study. These are the next steps of the Christian life. So congratulations. So let us know that you got saved. Let us know that you accepted Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. You know, one of the things that really one of the things that that this pandemic is, you know, how God will take the bad and turn it into something good. Well, for me, one of the good things, one of the things God's turned this into is I'm very aware now of how every chance I'm more aware now of every chance I have to lead somebody to Jesus Christ. I want to take advantage of that of that chance. And I pray that you will as well. So let me know if you prayed that prayer. I'd love to rejoice with you. It'd be my highest honor and pleasure to know that something I said helped you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Now, let me pray for everyone else who's suffering in any way. First, Jesus paid for it. I want you to say I want everybody to say Jesus paid for my suffering. He paid for my pain. By his stripes, I'm healed. Say that by his stripes, I'm healed. Now, I want you to pray with me and I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I come to the throne of your grace. And I ask you for mercy and grace. To deliver me. From my suffering, deliver me from my pain. You said that I could obtain mercy and grace. So I receive it by the blood of Jesus. And now, Father, I'm asking for your help. Say that I'm asking for your help. To dismantle. 
the wrong belief systems that have been in my mind and that I've grown up with and the wrong belief systems that I've accepted. I yield. I surrender my belief systems to you. In Jesus name. Now, you know what I want to ask you to do? Stay connected. Stay connected because I'll be the I'll be the best person in your life to, you know, throw down the TNT and blow up wrong belief systems in your life. It's not going to blow you up. It's going to blow up wrong belief systems like I'm like, you know, those old cartoons where they had the TNT box and you push it down. I'm going to blow up the bridges of your old belief system, blow up the bridges of your old DNA mindsets that have kept you limited and kept you suffering, and kept you in your pain. I pray you'd let me do that. Stay connected every Sunday, every Wednesday. And if you want more, you can find me online every day, every single day. And especially this month. At right around 1215 or so every day, central time. So wherever you're watching, make sure to I don't know how to do it. Make sure to click on the notifications for me so that, you know, you'll be notified when we when we're going to go live, when we post something. Okay, I love you guys. I bless you in Jesus name. Thanks for spending the last 75 minutes with me. And um, what a joy that it's been for me. And I hope you're encouraged and let's continue to believe we're going to the other side. I love you guys. Have a great, great night. Call us. Let us know if you need anything. We're here for you.